Well, we are, like I said earlier, in a series on rest. Rest. And we are now four weeks in. We have this week and next week is our final discussion on rest. And so uh, if you've been around in this series on rest, uh, you know that it has been a fascinating series. Uh, we've gotten some great feedback uh, after each talk, like people saying, like, wow, I didn't realize that that was a part of rest or that thing. I, you know, last week we talked about debt, right, and how debt is tied into rest. And so it's been this amazing series so far. And so as we now are looking at the second half of this series, as we're kind of coming to a close, I thought we would uh, take a moment to reflect quickly on how our rest has been going on. How good ha our rest has been, uh, specifically in the last month, okay? Now, here's the deal. I realize that not all of us have been here this whole month in this discussion series. Some of us are, are new here. This is your first time here. No problem. You can still talk about, or you can still answer this question. How has your rest been in this last month? Has it been good? Has it been bad? Has it been improving? Uh, how has it been? Take about two minutes, talk it over with your neighbor, and then we're going to jump in to our discussion today. So I'm curious uh, if anyone here would be interested in sharing with us uh, how their rest has been in this last month. Again, maybe you've been a part of this discussion series and you have some thoughts You've tried some of the things we've discussed here, and you're like, yeah, it's improved. Maybe it hasn't worked. Maybe you're kind of fresh into this conversation, and you just want to reflect on how your season of rest has been recently. So anybody interested in sharing with the larger group here this morning? Anyone want to open up? Oh, 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 back here. Okay, yeah, thanks. Hey, let's give it up for the high schoolers here, as usual, getting us, getting us going here. Yeah. Um, so I've been here for the entire series, so I really like the first, uh, when UConn talked about every week you take off one and two hours and just reflect on your past week and um, how, how you're doing. Like, I, I think it really helped my mind and mentally because as a high schooler, there's a lot of things going on. There's like um, teams, clubs, schoolworks, but then taking off that one hour really helped me to focus on my health, mental health, and spiritually. All right, that's awesome. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, let's give it up. All right, who else? Who else would like to share with us how your rest has been going recently in this last month? Anybody else? Yeah, oh, okay, okay, all right, all right, yeah. So I started with really good rest, and then I entered a season of growth. And um, that has been challenged my rest, but what I've kept, um, the rest that I've kept, even though it's not as long as normal, had helped me to be more resilient in this season of growth. All right, let's give it up for Christine. Thank you for that. Yeah. Anybody else? How has your rest been in this last season? Okay, way back there. You Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll get you mic'd up, just in case. Yeah, yeah. We don't want you to yell too loud. You, you have somebody right under you that's, yeah, you want to be careful. So, yeah, so we, Gloria and I were talking about how you have to adjust your expectations per season. So um, we just had a baby in August. Here he is. He's great. And I feel like we've been getting great rest, like compared to what kind of rest you can get as new parents. So we are feeling positive about our rest. 
All right, let's give it up for Christine. Cool, Christina, thank you. That's awesome. All right, anybody else? How has your rest been going? Anybody else? Final thoughts? All right, well, let me, let me, let me ask kind of, let me just survey, the, survey all of us real quick. How many of us feel like, so you have three options. It's stayed the same, it's gotten worse, or it's gotten better, okay? Those are your options. How many of you feel like in the last month, your sense of rest has more or less stayed the same? Stayed the same. Okay. Looks like about a third of us. How many of us feel like it's gotten worse? Don't, don't be afraid. Okay. <laughs> a handful of us? Yeah, you're like, okay. And how many of us feel like it's actually improved a little, gotten better? Okay. Okay. So, okay. That's, that's good to see. Good to see. You know, again, um, the, the thing with rest, and the thing with anything really in life, but really this idea of resting well, the reality is, of course, it's, it's a journey, right? Uh, if you've ever had problems resting and you've had to look into and, and dig in with some research, uh, like some of you may have sleeping disorders here in this room, and that's totally fine. Uh, I've had family members who have sleeping disorders, and when you dig into it, right, there, you realize there's a whole, whole variety of variables and issues that are required for us as human beings to achieve good rest, right? From sleep to diet to mental health, uh, from boundaries, how we understand work, issues of finances. These are all issues we've actually talked about, right, in this series so far. We've, we've hinted at or, or begun to scratch the surface that all of these things are crucial to the equation of finding good rest. And when we talk about good rest, we're not just talking about rest as in good sleep. We're talking about good restorative rest, rest that's good for our souls, rest that really gets us replenished. And so it's a journey. It, it's not easy to figure out. It, it, we're going to have some good weeks, bad weeks, good months, bad months, good years, bad years. But, you know, as we have taken a look at not just the scientific or practical things of rest, but also the spiritual teaching of rest from Jesus, we've realized that Jesus was very knowledgeable about rest, too. And today, as we wrap up, as I wrap up my final portion, before we have Professor Hart next week, as I wrap up my final portion, I'd, I'd like to just reflect together on a couple sayings of Jesus, where Jesus, I think, gives us the final oomph with rest. The final sayings about rest that we really need to walk away with. And, and what I think Jesus does here is really fascinating because I think Jesus communicates with us here in these final passages that there is a way to talk about rest and try to rest but miss the greatest source of rest that we can get. And so miss the deeper rest that we were all meant to experience. Now, I, I hate to put things in that, like, that big of a term and like overpromise, underdeliver. You know, I, I don't like say, talking like that. But, but I think the scriptures we're about to look at, Jesus does make that claim. And so it's something for all of us 
to wrestle with. Now, of course, I rec recognize, too, as we're in this room, not all of us subscribe to Jesus. Jesus is not a thing for some of us here, and that's totally fine. We're, this is an open place for our whole city to process. And so as we think about these things at our tables, I invite you to bring your understanding of spirituality, your sources of spirituality to the discussion so we can figure this out together, all right? But we're going to take a look at Jesus' teachings to get us started as the starting point. Let's take a look at the first excerpt, if you will. It's on your half sheets on your tables. And this is uh, actually written some uh, a couple decades after Jesus was here. Um, and this is a fascinating discussion on what rest entails. Let me just read it and explain what's going on here. It's written by a person by the name of Paul, and he says this, So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink, or for not celebrating certain holy days, or new moon ceremonies, or Sabbath. Let's just stop there really quick. This author was writing in a time where people were judging others because of their spiritual behavior. It happens all the time. It happened some 2,000 years ago. And so what these people were doing was saying, hey, if you're not doing these certain things, these supposedly spiritual behaviors, eating kosher in that context, uh, celebrating the right holidays properly, and then notice the last thing, observing Sabbath. That phrase Sabbath is something we've been looking at this whole series. That's the phrase for rest. If you're not resting properly, so these people thought, then you're doing something wrong. You're... You're, you're less than. We're judging you. And so it's interesting because we've been talking about rest, right? And it can be, it can very quickly, a, a discussion on rest can very quickly degenerate into thinking like, oh man, if I'm not resting the right way, then maybe I'm less than or I'm not doing it right. You know, we can get into this behavior sort of understanding of who we are, who God is, our spirituality, all these sorts of things, right? We, this happens very easily. And so notice what this author is saying. Don't let anyone condemn you for not behaving properly in those ways because this is the truth of the matter. Notice his next sentence. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. Let's think about this. What is he saying? He's saying all this talk about rest in our context, resting well, resting properly. Don't let anyone look down on you if you're not doing it right. Because here's the deal. All those tips and tricks about how to rest, they're just shadows pointing to the real. And what is the real? Well, he says, Christ himself. What does that actually mean? I think what this author is trying to tell us, and we'll look at Jesus' teaching later, this author is trying to tell us, you know what? You and I, we can think about rest and practice rest and achieve rest to a certain extent, but if we don't actually encounter and engage with and connect with this person called Christ or Jesus, then we'll be missing something. It's kind of like this. Have, have you ever had your parents, or maybe you as a parent, have you ever been promised a special trip 
to perhaps Disneyland or something like that. I know uh, Glorianne back here is like a Disneyland or Disney World expert. And she knows how to plan a trip to Disney World. If you ever want to talk to how to go to Disney World, she's got it down. But maybe, maybe you've had this experience, right? Like maybe you had, a, had parents or maybe you yourself, you were imagining going to this wonderful place. Let's say Disneyland, okay? And so months in advance, you or your parents, you, you started pulling up the website, getting the map out, thinking through what, you know, how you would go through this theme park. Maybe you even bought like the Mickey Mouse ears just for fun, just to get yourself in the mood or buy a set of new clothing, whatever it was. And can you imagine just like this building up of this exciting trip? And you're looking through all the photos. You're like, man, I can't wait. You're imagining yourself there. And then two days before, you or your, your, your parents say, you know what? You know, we don't need to go to Zinningsleyland anymore. Because we've kind of experienced it already, haven't we? Like, we've, you've dressed it, you've thought it, you've looked at it. You, we don't need to go. I mean, it'd be crazy, right? It'd be crazy to think about that. It'd be crazy to go through that. You'd be having a shadow experience but not the real thing. Or some of you, uh, some of us uh, are going camping later, our, our fall camp trip. Um, and uh, I love camping, and I, I think about the times camping where, where I've been able to drink, like, from a fresh mountain spring. And especially after a long hike, and, and you're kind of heading towards that direction. And, you know, you, you kind of get excited about this this fresh mountain water, right? And, and you, the, the stream may be there, and you're, it's you know, miles in, and you're like, oh, my goodness. Oh, I need this drink of water. But, but you don't want to drink from the, the river right next to you because it's not fresh. And so, but, but you take some of the water, you cool yourself off, maybe even like wash your face and all these things. And could you imagine doing that and then finally getting to the spring source, but just, just before you get there? You're like, you know what? Oh, I don't need to take a drink. I've already kind of washed my face and... You know, done all of those things. It'd be kind of absurd. And so what our author here is telling us is we can talk about rest. We can practice some of the tips and tricks we've discussed. We can have the right boundaries. We can deal with our debt. We can think about work, balance, all that kind of thing. And we've talked about those in these last three weeks. But if we don't have an encounter, a specific, unique kind of encounter with this Christ person, then we're just having a shadow and not the reality. And so what does it mean, then, to have an encounter with this Christ person? What does it mean to have an actual connect moment with Christ. And why would that be important to rest? Take a look at this next scripture, if you can. And this comes uh, directly from the mouth of Jesus. And this is fascinating because Jesus himself makes this claim about himself and rest. Right? This isn't just Paul in the previous passage making it up. No, Jesus himself makes this claim. Notice what Jesus says. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. And this is a fascinating teaching from Jesus. Because Jesus here makes some big claims, but not only does he make some claims, he actually gives us some rather detailed instructions on how to achieve something that I think we're all looking for. The big claim, of course, is that Jesus says, I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to give you rest for your souls. We're talking about that deep sort of rest. Now, I don't know what you think about Jesus. I don't know what you've heard of him. I don't know what you grew up with. But I realize that some of us, when we think about Jesus, this is not what we think about right away. We think about some strange European who has come to colonize us or colonize my people. We think about all these do's and don'ts. We think about all sorts of things that actually have nothing to do with what Jesus is talking about here. And so I recognize that. And and I want to invite you, if you've grown up uh, with this understanding of Jesus that seems very foreign and odd and not very helpful, I want you to try to put that aside right now because I think this this person, this Jesus that's talking here, is actually on our side. He's actually for us. All right? I mean, just again, look at these words. He's saying, I have rest for you. And I have rest for you in such a way because part of the reason is because I'm a gentle and humble person. And Jesus isn't saying this to brag. If, you read, if we read the context of this whole teaching, he's not trying to brag. He's just, he's just sharing with some people like, who he really is. But not only does he say, I'm going to give you rest, he also then tells us, well, how we can receive this rest. And this is really important to note. Again, some of you may be familiar with this because this is a very well-known religious passage, but I want us to look beyond the religion and kind of look at what he's actually saying. Okay, notice what he's saying. First of all, he's saying in the first phrase, if you look, he's, he's, he's saying, he's acknowledging that we carry heavy burdens, right? And he's saying, come to him. And then in the next phrase, it's really interesting he, because he says, he says, take my yoke upon you. Now, if you're familiar with that time period, you'll realize that the yoke, the imagery comes from farming. And the yoke is something you put over an oxen to guide the oxen in the field, okay? And so this is really interesting because Jesus says, He has something to give us, a yoke to guide us. Now, before he can do that, of course, if if our imagery is correct, if we're tracking with him, well, if we have a heavy burden on us, there's no room for his yoke, right? So we have to take off the burden, hand it to him, and then he puts something on us to guide us. Notice what that something is. Later he says in the next sentence, I let me teach you. So we know that this yoke is actually some of his teaching, some of his guiding, some of his like saying, hey, go this way, or hey, try this, or hey, do this, right? And so this yoke, this is interesting because there's an exchange that happens, and then he gives us something. It's easy and light, but it's still described as a yoke, and it's still kind of directive. What does this mean? How does this work? Well, let's think about, for example, 
something like bitterness in our lives. How many of us have lost rest because of bitterness in our lives? You don't have to raise your hand. I know I have. I have been upset at people, frustrated with people, bitter at people. And let me tell you, I cannot rest well when I'm like that. Hands down. My soul is not at rest. Now, let's imagine me coming to Jesus and saying, okay, Jesus, okay, is, you want me to give this to you, give this bitterness to you? And so I do that somehow. But here's the thing with, with Jesus. Jesus will be like, okay, I'll, I'll take that from you, but I'm also going to put a yoke on you and teach you so that you can actually have rest. Because bitterness isn't just about giving something up. It's also about learning how to forgive. It's also about dealing with the hurt, dealing with some trauma, confronting some of those issues. It takes work. It's not easy. But Jesus wants to guide us through that. And so, what are are we actually trying to get at here this morning? Here's the deal. It's, it's as we started with, and, and I think this is just so important for us to take a moment and think through again. We can, you and I, we can think about all these practical ways to try to find rest. And those are all needed. We need to deal with the many things we've talked about in this series. But if we're going to be open to the teachings of Jesus, Jesus is wanting to take us deeper. And his claim here is you need to have an encounter, a connect point with me in order to have rest. And so what I want to do here this morning is I want to challenge us to do a couple things. One for the week and one for right now, okay? For the week... I want to encourage us to take a moment, like we have said in this whole series, an hour or two this week, to find some time, get away from all distractions, and I want you to take a moment to follow this prayer guide that we've provided for you on the bottom half of the sheet. This prayer guide, as you can see, is essentially a guide to how to pray through this claim we've just read from Jesus, that Jesus will give us rest, okay? It's a pretty easy prayer guide. Let me just kind of walk us through it now because I actually want us to try it right now as well and see what might happen. The prayer guide is simple. We invite you to picture Jesus in front of you, facing you with his hands opened up to you. Then we want you to imagine... Again, we're just kind of trying to follow this excerpt from Matthew's account of Jesus' life. Then we want to imagine you to picture yourself putting in Jesus' hands some of your burdens, some of your challenges, the things that weigh you down. After you do that, we want to encourage you to picture yourself stepping away. Don't try to, like, mess around, try to hold on. Like, step away. And then number three, we want you to picture Jesus with those things now putting those things next to his side, 
Not because he's going to discard them, but because he's going to take care of them. And then here's the deal. This is where it gets really interesting because according to this passage, again, Jesus wants to give us something, right? Jesus wants to put a yoke on us. He wants to teach us. He wants to lead us. And so we want you to say this out loud. Jesus, I give this to you. What do you give me in return? And see what might happen in that experience. Pay attention to the words, the feelings, the phrases, the pictures that might come up. Because we believe here that Jesus is not just this historical figure, that Jesus, no, he's somehow active and alive even today. That there, if he's a real thing, a real person, then he's to be experienced now, right? If all the claims he made about himself are true, then he should be experienced now. If he's not real, then he shouldn't be experienced, right? So give this a try. And then after that, we encourage you to write those things down that you think. You may get it. Who knows where you, those things come from? We don't know yet. Just give it a try. Process it with someone, perhaps. And then say, thank you. I accept those things, Jesus. Now, here's the cool thing. I, I think this is an invitation for all of us, regardless of our belief in Jesus. Now, some of us may not believe in Jesus, and this may be hard for us to do. That's fine. Some of us, though, we're, we're kind of like on the fence, or we're like, we sort of believe in Jesus, not really. We're open. We're not really. I was, I, I've, you know, I, I walk this prayer through with all kinds of friends, like atheists, agnostics, Muslims. And I, I'm always excited because I think Jesus cares for all of us. doesn't matter what you think of him. He just cares for you. And so I've seen people experience something with Jesus, regardless of their belief, by just walking through this encounter. Here's, here's the thing, right? Like, you know, I, I realize we've made some assumptions as we've, we've done this, right? We've assumed that um, this invitation from Jesus is a real thing. It's not just this historical document that we're kind of reading and trying to critically analyze with our brain. No, we we are assuming here that if, if God is real, if Jesus is real, then, well, he should be experienced. Because if he's not worth, worth experiencing, then, well, he's not real. Like, I think it's pretty simple, right? So we're kind of assuming that there's some validity to this, and if it's real, we're putting it to the test, right? Um, I also want to note that this is also obviously a very personal and private thing, right? Because some of us probably gave to Jesus some things that, we haven't told anyone about. And maybe we won't tell anyone about for a while, and that's okay. Um, I want to encourage us to, to keep, keep at it, to keep going. And here's the deal. What, what, what I find fascinating about this, right, is if all this is true, then all of this is available for us, not just once in a while, not just here when we're with each other, but it's something we can engage in this kind of prayer, this kind of encounter with Jesus. It's something we can engage in uh, throughout our day, at any time of the day, in any moment. And so I'm going to challenge us. How might we take this practice into our weekly habits, perhaps even to answer your, to reply to you, Lenora, perhaps even to our daily practice as well. God, this song, I think, reflects our desire to be able to get away, get away from the noise and the burdens of life and the stress and anxiety 
to hear from you, to encounter you, to have an experience of love, of rest, of worship. Would this be something real for us, not just in moments like this, but in those secret moments too throughout the week when the pressures are mounting, the blood is boiling, the frustration growing, would you meet us there? If you are real, then please meet us there. Would we hear your invitation to come, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and receive my rest. Would we hear that constantly this week? Thank you again for this time. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.